Friends, this is love. This is the sermon series that we unpack in here at Northfield throughout this week. We began this journey last Sunday when Kylie led us in the Palm Sunday sermon, the message. And throughout the week, we've just been reflecting on these words, this title, This is Love. And as we've gone on this journey, we've perhaps asked the question, what is this love that we are speaking about? What is this love? Last night we gathered for our Tenebrae service, the, the service that's traditionally known as the service of the shadows. And we left the sanctuary in darkness, in silence. And as we gathered, we became aware of what was going on within us. All those emotions that entered us as we sat in the sacred space, journeying with Jesus in this passion story. Maybe you felt feelings of anguish, understood the desertion, the betrayal of Jesus. And maybe you even asked another question last night in the darkness, that where is love in all of this? <clears throat> I'm a visual person. We joke here at Northfield that I'm a right-brainer, and some of us are left-brainers, and that's problematic in your marriage when one of you are always creative and one wants to tick boxes. But being a right-brainer wants us to visualize something this morning. And I'm going to ask Brad to put this image up on the screen. It's a familiar piece of artwork that we see at this time of year, particularly on a Good Friday. And this morning I want us, as we look at this image, just to share some of the immediate emotions that come to mind as you look at this image. Maybe you want to shout them out. What is it that you see? What do you feel as you look at this picture today? Sacrifice. Anguish. Loud. Sorry? Pain. Hate. I didn't get that one. Accusation. So as we look at these images, every one of these emotions that we identify with, this suffering and this pain, this loss, this sorrow, the separation, even death, all of these to some degree are present in this narrative, in this image without a doubt. And each one of these emotions these experiences, they are piercing like a sword into the souls of those standing there at the foot of that cross. Like that sword piercing into Jesus' mother's heart, into his mother's sister, into Mary the wife of Clopas, into Mary Magdalene's heart, into the heart of Jesus disciple that he loved. Friends, just before these emotions are experienced here, one who really loved Jesus, Peter, 
he learns of what is to come. And then Peter does something completely out of character. He was committed. He was all in for this journey. And then he denies Jesus. And I want us to pick up the story in our lectionary reading today, John 18, from verses 1 to 18 that Brad's going to put up on the screen. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and he crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden and he and the disciples went on to it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guarding a detachment of soldiers. A detachment could be anything from 200 to 600 soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, weapons. And Jesus knew all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas was there, the traitor standing there with them. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and, and they fell to the ground. And again he asked them, who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. And if you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. And then Simon Peter who had a sword, he drew it and he struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup of the Father that has been given to me? And then the detachment of the soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials, they arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Ananias, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. He was one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. And so Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple who was known to the high priest came back and spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and they brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. And so we give thanks to God for the scripture reading today. Amen. Friends, as we gather on this Good Friday morning, I want us to be aware that the suffering and the pain and the loss, the separation and the death we focus on can so easily become the veil, the lens that distorts our vision of the beautiful cross. And they can keep us from seeing 
why this day is called a Good Friday. All of these emotions, these experiences, they can keep us from seeing a way forward and prevent us from grasping that our Jesus on that cross is so much more than those experiences. Because Jesus on the cross today is demonstrating that this is love. Friends, sometimes we let the suffering of Jesus blind us and we fail to truly understand that it was never about the suffering and it was always about love. I want to say that again. Sometimes we let suffering, suffering blind us. And we fail to truly understand that Jesus is always about love. Friends, today as we gather in one of the Holy Week days, if today is just to be another day of Holy Week, where we focus on suffering and brutality, and our focus is on recounting the execution of Jesus, then it would make no sense to speak of this day as a day that is good. And when I say this, I'm not saying that we eliminate the realities of sin and grief and suffering and death from this day. I'm saying that those are by no means the final or the ultimate realities of this day, or any day for that matter. What I'm saying is that the love of Christ is the ultimate reality every day, including a Good Friday. Friends, as we've been journeying through Holy Week, Wednesday night we had the privilege of having a preacher, Reverend Pumlin Zamande, come and, come and share a message with us. And she shared a message with us that Jesus had an assignment. He was on a mission. And how he was intentional in separating himself, detangling himself from all the emotion, from the suffering, even from the death that was a few days away. And this morning I want us to just take a little step further on this journey to the cross and say that because Jesus was able to separate himself and keep, keep his eyes fixed firmly on the assignment. He was able to give himself to the cross. And in doing so, demonstrating that this is love. Friends, Jesus, in offering his life, offering himself to go to that cross. He doesn't just look at the cross. Our Jesus does more than just look at this cross that he is about to hang on. Jesus sees through the cross because of the power of love. Because he knows death will never be the end. You see, Jesus trusted his Father. He trusted the love of his Father more than his own death. Because he understood something and he understood that there is power in love. 
Apostle Paul reminds us. He reminds us of this, and he gives us a beautiful image in his letter that he writes to the people of Corinth in Corinthians. And Paul says this, Love. Love is the greatest thing in heaven itself. And when Jesus looked through the cross, and He didn't stop at the cross, He opened a window for us to experience that love that is the greatest thing in heaven itself. And I just want to add a little bit extra to that story. And I believe it's because God is love and He tells us so. Love on the cross, through the cross, connected Jesus with God because God is love and love is the greatest thing in heaven itself. Heaven was connected to earth in that moment of suffering on a cross. Friends, I want to take us back to our gospel reading today. Just spend a bit of time looking at Peter. Peter is truly one of the great heroes in the Christian faith. He does drive me crazy sometimes when you reflect on his life and the way that he responds. But today, Peter is remembered. He's remembered for one thing. He's remembered for denying knowing Jesus. He denied him three times. He denied him three times before the rooster crowed just as Jesus predicted that he would do. Friends, as we look at Peter's life today, I believe there is something of Peter in each one of us as we gather here. All of us have a bit of Peter in us. If your name is Peter, well, you've got a whole lot of Peter in you. And I say this because in all of us, in our dark moments, in those difficult moments, those painful moments, the suffering moments, all of us can deny Jesus, just like Peter. All of us are saints and sinners at the same time. And Peter's life and his witness teaches us this truth. When Jesus is arrested in verse 15 that we read, the writer tells us, and there's just a short phrase, Simon Peter and another disciple follow Jesus. It's easy just to glance over it and miss it. But I think that it's significant, and it is a significant little detail for us to focus on. When we look at life, Peter, after all, had been following Jesus a lot during these three years of ministry. He started following ever since Jesus first invited him to leave those nets and follow him. And Jesus promised him that I would make you fish for people. Peter had been with Jesus and he had seen amazing miracles performed. He had heard Jesus teach and preach about the kingdom of God. Peter is the only one of the disciples to walk on water Yes, maybe only for a second or so before he sank. But no one else had the courage to even get out of the boat. But Peter did. 
Peter was the disciple to openly confess Jesus to be the promised Messiah. Peter was one of the three disciples who was there when Jesus was transfigured in all of his glory. He was the only one of the three who was there when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was arrested. And just before that moment of arrest, back in the upper room where Jesus meets with his friends and there is Peter, Jesus says something to Peter and he says, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow me afterward. But Peter, being Peter, insisted that he would follow Jesus. And he would follow him even to the point of laying down his life for him. But Jesus warned him. Jesus warned him and he said, Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. So just as we read the story in our lecture we read in today, Peter did deny Jesus. He did go and deny him three times. You see, Peter followed Jesus. He did follow him. He followed him part of the way, but he could not follow him all of the way. And that has sat with me as I've been preparing for today, and I've asked myself that question, Quinn. Are you following Jesus part of the way, or are you following Jesus all of the way? Friends, I ask us the question. Are we willing to follow Jesus all of the way? Or is there a certain point? Is there a certain point that it's just too far? You know those moments in our lives... Those moments when we have to look at those crosses in our lives and we say, sure, I'm not going further than that because that's going to hurt. That's suffering. I'm going to have to be real there. I'm going to have to be vulnerable there. I'm going to have to expose my mess there. I don't know if I want to go further than this point. Because going further when I look at the heartache and the sorrow and the pain and the suffering that I experience now, I'm going to need a whole lot of faith to stand on to be able to look through the cross beyond just the cross and to see the love that is beyond the cross for me. It takes courage to get to that point, to take a step further with Jesus. Friends, Peter's story and our story is it's intertwined with Christ's story. You see, Jesus didn't go to this cross to condemn Peter. He didn't go to this cross to condemn anyone. None of us. He went to that cross out of love. And it's not just a cliche that we say on Good Friday. He went to that cross for love for us so that we would know for all of eternity what love is. Because love is the greatest thing in heaven itself. Peter, we remember as the only disciple that was really heckled about love. We know as we continue on the journey with the Easter story and, and the appearances that are to come, 
Peter was the one that was asked about love three times. Because Peter was the one that denied love three times. Because love was standing right in front of him and he couldn't see it. He couldn't see through the cross to realize that love was standing right in front of him because he didn't go all the way with Jesus. Peter's story is important. And it's recorded in Scripture for all of us to hear, to remember, to go back to, because there is something of Peter in each one of us. We've been invited to follow Jesus, and we are here today because we have accepted an invitation. But even though we've accepted the invitation, friends, we don't always follow Him faithfully or fully. There are moments in my life and your life where we still deny Him at times. And we only follow Him part of the way, but not all the way. But Jesus forgave Peter, and He'll keep forgiving us, because He is all about love. You see, he went to the cross to forgive us. He went to that cross out of love for us. And Peter, Peter feared. He feared that death was going to be the end for Jesus and the end for himself. And I guess in a sense, Peter was right. Because without love, death will be the end. Without love, the entire earth that we live in becomes a tomb. And we stay in the tomb. And we never have the courage to follow Jesus and embrace the new life that is available to us when we walk out of that liminal space within the tomb. Friends, there is no question that Jesus suffered and died on that cross. There is no question that Mary suffered and cried and her heart was broken by grief. Good Friday doesn't deny any of that. Those things were very real at the crucifixion of Jesus and they are still very real in our lives today. We cannot help but look at the many crosses of our lives. The crosses in our world that we see, the brokenness, the suffering, the sorrow, the tears, the loss, the death that is caused by wars all around us, we see them. But what if? What if there is more to see than just that? What if those are simply the veil that Jesus' death tore down? What if we are to see the real love in the places of suffering as well? And that's the invitation that makes Good Friday very good. It's an invitation for us to embrace for our lives the promise that the crucified love of Christ is stronger and more real than death and suffering by far. Friends, the crucified love of Christ does more than just join us in our suffering and in our dying. 
the love of Christ carries us through them. It is God's love that defeats sin and death every single time. And every day you and I have a decision to make. And the decision is which one will we trust more? Is it death or is it love? And that decision is many times determined by how we view our world, what guides us in our relationships. It affects how we approach our circumstances in our lives. Do we decide on death or do we decide on love? Friends, can you and I see and trust that the crucified love of Good Friday is present in our deaths? It's present in the violence in the world. It's present in our losses and in our sufferings. It's present in the sins we commit. And that's both the challenge and the hope that Good Friday offers. I'm going to ask the team to put that image back on the screen. In closing, as we look at this image, may we see love who understands suffering. May we see love who knows what it feels like to know sorrow. May we see love who knows compassion, love who has compassion for our weakness. May we see love who helps us bear the burdens that we have to carry, the one who comforts us. This Good Friday, after sorrow there will be hope, after suffering there will be joy, and after death there will be resurrection. Friends, on this Good Friday morning, may you and I stand at the foot of the cross, and as we look up, May we look through the cross and confidently proclaim this day and every day beyond this day that this is love. Because love is the greatest thing in heaven itself. And our Savior came to show us that this is love. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team forward. Jesus, as you hung on that cross and experienced the pain and the nails driven through your hands and your feet, as you wore that crown of thorns, as you cried tears, as you called out to your father, as you instructed the one you love to take care of your mother, it's in those moments we draw near to the foot of the cross and we look up and, and we see love staring right back at us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the courage to notice all the crosses in our lives, but to see through them, because that is what love is. Love conquered death and suffering and sin for us, and for that we are eternally grateful. We pray, Father God, that as we continue reflecting on this day where you sacrificed your son for us. That you would speak to the depths of our souls, reminding us how you love us. That there is nothing, absolutely nothing, 
that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. So we pray as we continue this journey today and into the next two days, that Jesus, you would speak to us, you would minister to us, and that you would just saturate us with this unconditional love, this agape love that our minds cannot comprehend, because you are love. Amen.